How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studio, another episode, Hot Takes with TP3. Today is uh, Tuesday, July 24th, 2018. It's almost August, guys. We're getting very close to football season, but today I'm going to have special guest Charlie Hecht from uh, Georgia College and State University. He was a pitcher there, one of the best ERAs in that division of baseball, great player, one of my good friends from high school. He's coming on today as our guest, but we'll get to that a little bit later. First, I got to start out here, guys. Y'all know... Julio Jones, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver, superstar, best in the league, personally my favorite player in the NFL, but it's kind of some heartbreaking news for me today, guys. Julio's holding out. I mean, he said he's not coming to camp. We all know how steep that fine is and stuff for not reporting, but I'm going to be honest, Julio, you got three years left on your deal, and look, man, I know that there's a lot of players out there that are making a lot of money now, but like we paid you the highest paid of any wide receiver. Like We made you the highest paid player in the league at wide receiver when you signed your contract. I think you got to honor it and show up to camp. They said they'd give you this contract next season, maybe rework it to load more money on the back end of the deal or something, extend it to a five-year deal. But, I mean, Julio, you got to report, man. The Falcons need you, quite frankly. The the window for the Falcons to win the Super Bowl is shutting right now. And the Falcons have to – it's like I feel like we got two or three more years. I mean, yeah, we're building a nice young team. But I really feel like on the offensive side of the ball, the window is kind of closing a little bit. We'll see if we can kind of rebuild it and keep it there. I think Dan Quinn's done a good job building us a young defense. But I really think that we need to seize time of our moment because you don't know how quickly you can pass it up. It makes me just remember other teams that had problems like this that held it back for them. I mean, the Nationals come to thought when they sat Strasburg out that one year in the playoffs. I mean, that completely killed them. They needed him in there, but... Um, we really need you in there, Julio. I mean, the Falcons are hurting right now, and I think that we got to we got to compete now. I mean, we can't wait till next season, the season after that. But um, let's look at here some contracts for the highest paid uh, wide receivers in the NFL and what their contracts are right now. Cook's contract right now it was five years, fifty million dollars. So he's definitely up there. Um, Julio's sitting right now at fourteen point three million. Antonio Brown sitting at the top at seventeen million. Mike Evans getting sixteen point five a year. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins getting sixteen point two. Jarvis Landry getting fifteen point nine eight. AJ Green getting fifteen million and fourteen point five for Devontae Adams. Wait, the Packers really paying more money to Devontae Adams at wide receiver than the Falcons are to Julio? Good grief! I mean. Howard, what are you doing, Green Bay? Paying more money to Devontae Adams than Julio Jones is making. Like, come on now. But let's get back to what I'm saying here. The Falcons need Julio in here. We need to somehow get this uh, holdout to stop. I mean, I know the Falcons don't want to pay him, but we really need Julio to come out here and show up. I'm not going to lie, guys. If Julio holds out for long, a lot of people are going to hate me for this opinion. I actually just had a conversation with a couple of my buddies about if we should trade Julio. Look, I don't think we should trade Julio. But, uh, I mean, I just, I just feel like that we need a backup plan. We can't let this window close right now, but I think the Falcons should go out and possibly get Dez Bryant. I mean, if Julio really wants to hold out, that's a one-year deal we could get Dez on, and that's really no risk. Now, there's also the other approach here that Dez Bryant would be a locker room cancer, which I can't disagree with, but I feel like when you're paying him that little, like I said, you just got to say whatever, and you can cut him loose and let him go. But if I were the Falcons, I think it's not a bad move. I think Dez wants to come to Atlanta. You know, he really needs to rebrand himself and prove that he can play that winning style of football and win games, and that's exactly what he could do with the Falcons because, I mean, the Falcons are going to be good this year, guys. I just saw USA Today picked us to win the um, Super Bowl this year. I mean, 
I've got some predictions coming out a little later on. I'm not going to lie. I do have the Falcons winning the Super Bowl, but I mean, Julio is going to be a vital piece that we need there. I think Des Bryant can really help replace Julio. So I'm definitely a fan of that. I mean, I'm not ready to say trade Julio, but if he's still holding out by week six, by all means, ship him out of there, get whatever we can get for him. I mean, Julio is worth a lot, at least a first round pick and a good established player. So I think the Falcons get a lot for him, maybe like a two firsts or something or first and a second and a third. I mean, there's a lot of value to, De- to Julio. So I would definitely like to see the Falcons possibly do that but I'm a firm believer guys that Julio is going to report and come out to camp I think finally he's going to realize that it's stupid that he's holding out he's going to come out there guys I'm not that worried right now Falcons fans I put my worry level right now that Julio will not be suiting up week one at probably a three right now I mean if it's still the same in two weeks though then I'd probably go up to a five and then like if it's really that same that same after like the third preseason game I'm at a 10 of 10 like so we'll definitely see what happens guys but Charlie's about to be called in right here guys so tons more stuff coming up for y'all you there charlie yeah what's up all right all right guys so once again i got another guest on today like i said earlier today's guest is my buddy charlie hex from high school he uh played baseball at georgia college as a pitcher charlie say what's up to the people what's up guys and so we got a good debate coming on for y'all today we're getting a nice little athlete's perspective here on things so Charlie, I know a little debate me and you were having the other day is who will win a Super Bowl first between the Steelers or the Browns? Who you got in this debate? I know it's a, it's a surprising pick, but I like the youth, the Browns right now. And uh, I know that Steelers have some good players, but I just don't see them keeping this up, keeping their playoff, uh, playoff caliber play up for the next few years. I don't think Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the NFL. And uh, so I got to pick Browns on this one. Dang. See, I disagree with you on this one. I got it with the Steelers. I mean, I know a lot of people don't really like Mike Tomlin as a coach. I personally love Mike Tomlin. I feel like that there's a fine line as a coach that you have to walk between being crazy and being smart. And I feel like there's plays that come down in games where they're kind of like coaching has to make the plays. And, you know, sometimes coaches screw it up. Like we even saw Belichick screw it up a little bit in the Super Bowl by pulling Malcolm Butler where he made yeah. one of those stupid coaching moves that kind of make or break things. I know we've seen Mike Tomlin in the past kind of step out on the field to block Jacoby Jones and do stuff like that. So I definitely think Tomlin's a really good coach with the things he does. I mean, he definitely messes up and gets some rap. I mean, we know I've seen him and Big Ben kind of beef a little bit, but – I know they worked everything out in the end, but my thing with the Steelers that the Browns don't have is I think the Steelers have like a strong organization that everything is kind of real strong that like they have good, like base built, you know what I mean? Like we haven't seen the Browns in the playoffs in forever. Yeah, I know, but I mean, right now the Steelers have Big Ben as their franchise QB. He's been with them for however many years, I think almost a decade now, maybe more. And he's getting old. He's taking a beating. Heavy injury guy. Uh, their depth chart at QB, not very great. You got you know, Lady on. He says, you know, like Rudolph, you know, Mason Rudolph, the backup quarterback from Oklahoma State. They just drafted <laughs> you don't like him at all as a prospect. Yeah, it's a, he's a 50 QB is, is what I think. I mean, you look at who Oklahoma State had at their quarterback and – I just don't see him progressing in the NFL. I think he's got a big arm, but I think besides that, I don't think he's NFL caliber. But, I mean, you got Le'Veon for one more year, and then you're stuck with two great wideouts. 
nobody to throw it to him, and nobody to keep some pressure off the QB in the backfield. Yeah, I mean, I think the Steelers have pretty well-built offense. I mean, I agree with you figuring out what's going on with Le'Veon is going to be tough. I honestly think Le'Veon's probably going to leave him in free agency, but that's going to hurt. Um, I mean, one thing that does work to your advantage here is the Browns are a lot younger, so they're going to have time to rebuild and stuff. And, I mean, the Patriots do dominate the NFL somewhat, but I think this is finally the first year we're really going to see a decrease in that Patriots dynasty. Um, I just yeah, think I agree. with that Super Bowl experience could be – I think the AFC is really a toss-up this year, and I think a Super Bowl experience could lead the Steelers through the um, – they're to a Super Bowl this year. I mean, the Steelers have the second longest active streak of uh, making the playoffs. That's at uh, – Yeah, but that's, that's because of what the division that they're in. I mean, look at who they're playing. you got Joe Flacco, who's your other big-time quarterback in that division. You got the Browns who are notoriously terrible. I mean, nobody's contending in that division with them. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong there. I mean, I like Baker Mayfield and him as a prospect right now. I just feel like the Steelers still have a couple more good years. I mean, I feel like they got that strong uh, um, organization built, the way they built it and stuff. Their uh, GM they've had in the Steelers front office for 18 years. He's only been the GM for two years. Yeah. Crafted a lot of good young guys like Juju, like Martavius Bryant, TJ Watt. Um, the corner they got from uh, Miami, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, but he's built a really good team for the Steelers, and I feel like this team's finally got some young players to go with the older players. I mean, I definitely agree with you having a quarterback is going to be tough, but I think Big Ben still got two or three good years available for him to play. I mean, obviously, he does get hurt a lot. He was healthy last year, so I'm hoping that Big Ben can stay out of injuries. I mean, that would be huge if he for him to keep from getting injured, you know, but Overall, I really think the Steelers probably have a window here for the next two or three years where they could definitely win a Super Bowl. And, I mean, if they don't get it done there, though, I think the Browns could easily win this. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Is I, I think Le'Veon on the team one more year, this upcoming year Steelers' year, and if they don't do it, then Browns definitely have the upper hand. Yeah, I mean, we've also seen them go with running back by committee when they had D'Angelo Williams and guys like that when Le'Veon was suspended or hurt that – ran the ball really well for them. But, I mean, I definitely can agree with you that the Browns probably in the next five years or so will have a better chance. But as of right now, I think it's just feel like the Steelers have the better team. But, I mean, I can't even rule the Steelers out winning it in those next couple of years just because of how well the organization's built, you know. But it definitely is a good debate to have about Steelers and Browns because I think those are the two best teams to run the division. But, you know, who's an interesting wild card in that division is Lamar Jackson over on uh, Baltimore. That's true. That's very true. You think we'll see Jackson at all this year? Uh, I they got to put him in for some packages. I mean, I don't know if he's going to ever become the starter this year because there's just been I don't know why they have so much trust put in the Joe Flacco, but they do over in Baltimore. But you got to work Lamar, and I mean he's just such an elite athlete. You can't not have him on the field. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. I just feel like Lamar is such a good player. I think he's such a game changer with his speed and everything he can do. He's just such a dynamic player. But I would definitely love to see him out there this season. I think that if Flacco struggles, we could definitely see him. And I'm and they're saying that he's progressing quickly, but it's definitely gonna be interesting to see that because I think Flacco is a decent quarterback. Like I don't, I think he's more of like a ten to fifteen range quarterback. I don't think he's really like a top ten or anything, but. I still think the Ravens aren't quite as good, but let's move here from uh, NFL football to college football here, and let's talk about Florida State. Can you see Florida State missing a bowl game in the next five years? 
Absolutely. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I think that Willie Taggart is one of the most overhyped coaches in all of college football. Why do you say that? I think that the way that he treated the Oregon program and Oregon players just shows that he's not like, I, I don't really know what he's in it for because it shows that he's not in it for the, for the boys on the field there. And as a coach, I feel like you got to be the most bought in. And I have a hard time believing that he's – I mean, you look at what Jimbo did, and everybody that played for Jimbo had just such high respect for him. And I just don't see the Florida City program having that same respect for Willie Taggart. See, I can't. I mean, I can agree with you on the fact that he did leave out on Oregon, but FSU is like his dream job, you know. And he did such good things there in and USF, uh, building them back up to a decent program. They had a couple good years there, then they were so bad. But he built them back to a ten-win team. Um, I think he's yeah. done really good things so far. Florida State in recruiting. We currently have the number one recruiting class for this upcoming year. Got us the number eleven class last year, and that was after having kids decommit and stuff. We were everything that happened with Jimbo. Um, I mean, everybody said really good things about Jimbo, but that last year he was at Florida State, I really felt like that everyone was kind of starting to dislike him and that he kind of turned his back on the team a little bit and quit caring as much about the team and stuff. So I definitely feel like that Jimbo's early years players did, but the inning players didn't. Like him and Francois really didn't get along well together at all. Um, yeah. I, personally, I mean, Florida State right now has made 36 bowl games in a row from 2012 to 2000. Uh, 16, we went to uh, New Year's Six Bowl every or, or BCS Bowl, however, whatever you want to call them, because I know the era changed. But we were in one every single year for that uh, stretch of time. Um, I mean, I think that Coach Taggart has really good Florida connections. Like, he's bringing all the big-time recruits. But I think he did a good job of changing the culture. Like, he's the players waking up early for workouts and stuff. He's running them a lot. I really like his up-tempo system that he runs. I feel like that Jimbo ran too much of a pro-style offense. So, if the quarterback isn't really – like getting the job done that it hurts the team a lot. Like we saw in the past with all these Jimbo special quarterbacks, like yeah. EJ Manuel, I swear to God, is the greatest on paper quarterback ever. But when it comes down to executing in games, he just can't execute in games. I don't know what it is, but every single, like even when he went to the NFL, he went number 15 because they were a set. He had all these amazing attributes and stuff, but obviously he could never translate any of it to anything on the field which has really been his main problem. But I really feel like that Coach Taggart kind of changed the culture a little bit by coming in there and saying, like, I don't really care, like, what you did or what you were when Jimbo brought you in here. you got to play my way or it's the highway, basically. And I think that he's done a good job of changing the culture there in Tallahassee. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm going to be honest, as much as I don't like Florida State, I love DeAndre Francois, and I think that he's just a baller. And I think he's going to have an excellent season. But other than that, I hope everybody on Florida State dies because I do not like them. <laughs> yeah, no, I love Francois, too. A lot of people say a lot of bad things about him, but they, they didn't watch Francois play every game. And he got knocked down and kept getting back up and back up and yeah. every single time. I mean, it just sucked that he went down and got hurt against Alabama. And, I mean, he kind of had everything with Jimbo and everything with Coach Taggart with him getting caught selling weed and all that stuff. I mean, it kind of definitely reflected that on him. But I feel like he's going to come out and definitely rebrand himself and show people that he's that player again. I really like our running back, Cam Akers. I think he can win ACC player of the year. I think he's, yeah, he's, he's, a, a, he's a good player. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's definitely in the conversation for Heisman and stuff too. Like he's one of the he's just one of those kind of players. He can change the game just with one play, and we saw that against Syracuse where he had three touchdowns over 50 yards. So he's kind of one of those guys you give him the ball and he takes one step and the whole game could be completely different. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see. I'm excited to see what we have this season. But let's change the topic now to your favorite uh, topic, sports topic to talk about. Let's talk about a little MLB here. What are you uh, thinking coming here at the trade deadline? You got any uh, big-time trade moves you see happening? Uh, the only – I mean, I think that there are going to be some some big moves made. The only thing that I want to see from my team, the Braves, I want to see them get starting pitcher – who they can control for the next couple of years because if they bring in a rental guy, as much as I know Braves Country wants to believe that this is our year, I don't want to be dishing out top prospects that we got that are going to impact us two or three years down the road for some guy that we can use this year where we maybe win a playoff series. But I, I think we have a chance do something special this year, but I would rather us go and get some guy like Chris Archer that we can have for the next three years versus somebody that we can grab just as a rental. And then uh, another one I saw that was interesting was Nate Eovaldi. Um, He's with the Rays right now, and I'd like to see us make a move for him. I heard earlier today that the Braves were the most active on the trade market. So uh, our front office is doing a good job of getting out there, putting our name out there, saying, hey, here are some trades you might be interested in. But I definitely see teams like the Yankees, I see the Phillies and the Cubs all making moves that are going to impact their teams, uh, mostly bullpen arms. But, uh, you know, almost the Phillies could use – just one more impact that in their lineup. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what those teams do at the trade deadline. Yeah, no, I'm with you too. I definitely the Braves have all the prospects, and we have the number one farm system. So we really have the guys to get yeah. moves. I've also seen uh, Castellanos, the uh, be the outfielder for the Tigers, linked to a lot of Braves trades too. Yeah, and then Enciarte and Max Freed, which I really don't have a problem with because. I mean, honestly, I would love for us to create a way to get Colberson out there in the outfield. He's been killing the ball. I mean, he hit hit a home run, I think, last night. I know yeah. he today. Four, game four six last night. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying. Colberson's been so hot for us all season long. So I would honestly just love for us to find a way to get Colberson out there in the field more and get him some more at-bats. I think that he's definitely overachieved of anybody on our team this season. So. I really like the way that he's been playing, but my actually big time trade that I'm thinking that needs to go down is the Brewers trade for Degrom. Um, yeah. I don't know how good the Brewers farm system is or what they really have down there to trade, but I'm sure they've got some stuff the Mets would want in return. But their pitching rotation could really use it right now. Their best starter has probably been Julius Chasen, and he's got a 358 ERA. I mean, he's, his record is nine and three, which is pretty good. But they also have Chase Anderson as their next best pitcher, who's six and seven with a 381 ERA. And the Brewers have been oh, yeah. struggling since the All Star break. They've been getting killed. Um, they're actually they were even struggling going into the All Star break. Really, since that Braves series, they've kind of fallen off. So I think the Brewers need a big arm, most of anybody, and especially with how good the Cubs are. I picked the Cubs to win this division. I said the Brewers would make a wild card. Would make it as a wild card. And I think in order to do that or even to win the division, they have to acquire another arm. I think just for DeGrom's sake, 
I would like to see him get moved somewhere because, I mean, he's probably the best pitcher in MLB right now. And if you look at the support that he's getting, it is just so sorry. And I, I feel so bad for him. And I would, I would like him to go somewhere and get moved to a winning team like the Brewers and actually like win some games just for his sake because I think he's going to be the next big the next big arm to run through the MLB. I mean, he's already shown that he is a good arm, but I think he's going to continue this for the next few years. I'd like him to go somewhere where he can actually win something. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I feel like the Mets are doing a disservice keeping him on the roster. He was 5-4 and four going into last night's game. He pitched eight innings, gave up two earned runs, struck out 10, and still got a loss. He's now 5-5 five and five on the season with a 171 ERA. He had a 186 going into the game last night. So, I mean, DeGrom only keeps pitching better and better, and he just keeps getting shafted by this horrible Mets lineup. They literally get Cespit is back, and he goes right back to the DL. I mean, there's really – yeah. It's not in his control. Like I just, like I agree with you, dude. Like he's such a. I know you as a pitcher, like it, it hurts you more so to watch it. But it, just, just as a fan, I just feel bad for him, just getting knocked around the way he has been, and how good of a pitcher he actually is. Yeah. Yeah, the Mets are pretty bad, but I think I mean I think there's definitely gonna be a good bit of moves made at this All Star break. I also wouldn't be surprised if the Nationals made a move. I mean they're I think they have they're top, yeah yeah about them. Yeah, they're top three in, like, the highest-paid roster right now, and the fact they're in third place is just pathetic. I think that the only thing about them is uh, they're getting a few guys back from the from the DL right now, and so that's kind of playing a factor with what kind of moves they're going to be making because I know they've been struggling with uh, first-base production, but it's kind of ramped up. Matt Adams has been playing better, and then uh, I think Zimmerman's on his way back in the next couple of weeks. and so. Their, their production, I mean, it's honestly, their veteran guys need to step up. I think they could go out, and I think their bullpen's pretty solid. I mean, they got Doolittle at the back end. Uh, you can maybe make a rental move for some sort of rotation arm, but I think the Nationals need, need to have guys like Zimmerman, Harper. They need to have those guys step up and actually start to make a change because, I mean, it is kind of – just an anomaly on the season that they're having. I mean, it's, it's hard to watch. I mean, not, not for me as a great fan, but I'm sure for other people around baseball, it's, it's tough to see. No, I'm with you on that. It definitely, I mean, it's hard for me to watch, too. The Nationals are a team I picked to win the division before the season. I really didn't think. I felt like the Braves next year would be this good, but we're kind of ahead of the yeah. schedule right now. But I really thought the Nationals would have a much better season than they're having this year. They've kind of just completely shit the bed, if you if uh, you know what I mean. But it's been been a bad season Absolutely. so far. But I definitely look for teams like that who are sitting on the cusp to be big time buyers and sellers, and especially a team with the payroll the Nationals have. But I've got uh, three random questions for you here. The first two will keep it on baseball. Uh, what's your, give me a bold prediction for the end of this MLB season. What's your bold prediction for how the season will end? Old prediction, I'm going to say that the A's sneak the wild card from the Mariners out wow. the west. That's my bold prediction there. I like that. That's very bold. Hey, the A's got a really good team, man. They flew completely under the radar. They got a very good team. They just made a move for Jerry Familia that I think is going to really play. That was a really good trade. Awful trade by the Mets, uh, but good trade by the A's. 
And so I think that that's a bold one. I would say the Braves making the playoffs is bold, but honestly, they just got to keep playing the way they're playing, and it's not that bold. Yeah, I really don't think it's that bold either. Is for the Braves to make the playoffs because they're a really good team. The A's definitely have a solid bullpen now. Um, I think my bold prediction as of right now is the Nationals in the is the the NL East is kind of like the uh, NFC East as well. Is they get three teams in the playoffs? I think the Brewers are honestly going to fall out. I don't think they'll end up making a move here for anybody. I think the uh, NL West. Uh-huh. I don't think the Dimebacks will get in. I feel like the Nationals are just too talented and miss the playoffs, and I think they'll end up making that push, and we'll see either the Braves or the Phillies play them in that wild card game. Yeah, yeah I can see it. I think, I think that's right now is my boldest prediction I got for MLB, but who you got as your Cy Young winner for this season for NL and AL? Oh, gosh. Uh, NL, I think DeGrom's going to keep running away with it. I mean, I just don't see him slowing down anytime soon. And even though he's on a losing team now, you can't not give it to him with the year he's having. Um, AL, oh, man. AL, I almost think it's kind of a toss-up, but I'm going to go with somebody somebody in the AL East, and I'm going to say Severino pulls away at the end, and he's going to end up. A young winner. No, I like that too. Severino gets lots of runs to support in New York. They hit the ball well in that tiny ballpark where they just hit fly balls and go out for home runs. Arguing that pretty yeah. hard yesterday for about how I think Aaron Judge is overrated, but that's another conversation for another day. But <laughs> for your last one here, this is kind of a funny one. What NFL QB do you think will throw the most interceptions next season? Oh. Throw the most interceptions? Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's a tough one. Um, Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I'll go with... uh, I honestly have no clue to do. That's a tough question. (laughs) Who led the league in interceptions last year? Uh, last year's was she, our leader was Deshaun Kaiser with 22, and Cam Newton was second with 16. Yeah, I, I got to go Cam Newton. I mean, I can't think of anybody else that – because Baker's going to step in for the Browns or Tyrod. I, I don't know. They'd, I, they'd be stupid not to put Baker in there. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Cam Newton. Even though they're saying that they're trying to get his – consistency a little bit better. I think he's so up and down, even though he's an Auburn boy, and I love him, but I think he's just been too up and down. Yeah, no, I agree. If you plus two when Cam Newton throws the ball, I feel like he rears back and throws the ball as hard as he can. Like, then you see that all the uh, time. sort of runs slants, and he's throwing them a fucking 90-mile-per-hour fastball that bounces off their chest and is picked off, you know? Yeah, that's... <laughs> he's got no touch. It's... You better hope you're not running slants. You better hope you're running a go route down the middle. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, I'm actually going with Eli Manning for this one. I mean, the Giants have a pretty decent offense this year, but I'm going to be honest, I think Eli Manning's going to be what's going to hold them back. I just feel like he's lost his touch from the teams of old, and I really don't think he was very good on those teams of old. I just think that he more so was timely with his things and somehow was able to make the big plays yeah. for the defense and the run games that carry those old-school Giants teams that won the Super Bowl. So, 
I'm picking Eli Manning. He was seventh in the NFL last year with 13, and I mean Cam was second with 16, so it's basically three picks. So he also got pulled for a couple games, so I feel like he's going to throw a lot more interceptions this season. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, so hopefully that or I guess not hopefully, but we'll see if that holds up. But, Charlie, I appreciate having you on the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. I really enjoyed it. Hey, no problem. We'll definitely bring you back here soon, talk a little more MLB and stuff with us. Lots of big things happen with the trade deadline coming up on the 21st, but talk to you later, man. Hey, buddy. All right, guys. Once again, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Uh, appreciate all y'all tuning in to listen. Big thanks to Charlie for coming on the show. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. Uh, look me up on Facebook and like my page as well, Hot Takes with TP3. We got tons of new stuff coming for y'all. Subscribe us on iTunes. Everything you already know. We're probably going to have two more podcasts coming this week. Lots of stuff coming next week, so get ready for all that. I got them on the end of the rocks. The home and the ran with the diners. Every week I change my clouds. Got a fitness store in my house. Got a brilliant garage in my house. Got a wash up my wrist cause a house. My bitch can't sleep in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the paps. 